Hello, and welcome to the Cinemaholics podcast. I'm your host, not as always, Julia Tatey. John and Will moved aside from the podcast this week so that a few ladies can step in to take care of business. Joining me today is a lady who is always cooking up juicy takes and reviews at The Playlist or The LA Times. It's Kimber Myers. Hello. Hi, Kimber. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Oh, I am just good. I'm ready to take over the town with you. <laughs> We're, uh, we've got some, some crimes cooking in here. Oh, yeah, we do. All right. So let's get into it. This week, Kimber and I are talking about The Kitchen, the latest vehicle for stars Tiffany Haddish, Elizabeth Moss, and Oscar nominee Melissa McCarthy. Kimber, what do the Cinemaholic listeners need to know about The Kitchen? When did it come out? Who's directing it? What's the story? Give me everything I need to know. Yeah. So uh, The Kitchen was released on Friday, August 9th. uh, So right when we are recording. And it is a um, it's a crime film set in the late 70s in New York City, specifically a neighborhood called Hell's Kitchen, hence the name. And it's based on a comic book series, I guess a miniseries um, by Ollie Masters and Ming Doyle. And it's about the wives of New York gangsters, um, who are all in the Irish mob, um, continue their husband's crimes after their husbands are sent to jail. Um, it's the first film from, um, as a director from Andrea Burloff. And, um, she previously was Oscar nominated for, uh, co-writing the script for Straight Outta Compton. So this stars not only Tiffany Haddish, Melissa McCarthy, and Elizabeth Moss, as you said, but it's also got a really nice supporting cast in uh, Dominic Leeson, James Badge Dale, Brian Darcy James, Jeremy Bob, uh, Margot Martindale, Bill Camp, Common. Like, it's just a really long list of, of people um, who are in the movie. Yeah, that's kind of the, the quick and dirty rundown. And it's definitely dirty in, in this movie since it was New York in the 70s. Yeah, definitely gritty and grimy. We're going to get into that and so much more. And we're ready to get critical on this movie. So, Kimber, you had the opportunity to screen the film for the review embargo, which for listeners who are and should be interested, you can find Kimber's review over at the playlist. I, on the other hand, saw the film yesterday with like a fairly sparse audience and one person who (laughs) forgot to turn off their phone, which is always so much fun. Uh, So, Kimber, what were kind of your initial thoughts on the movie, your guttural reaction as you were leaving the theater? Anything make you want to take over your New York neighborhood? (laughs) Um, Well, I I would love to take over my New York neighborhood, although mine is a a good deal quieter than uh, Hell's Kitchen in the the 70s. Um, Yeah, so my, my reaction walking out of the film was... That should have been so much better. Um, you have this cool concept of um, women leading in in a mob movie. Women are always the wives. Um, I don't know if I've really ever seen a film where, especially a group of women, is uh, leading the charge and really just getting stuff done um, in terms of uh, of organized crime. And so I think that that could have been a cool concept. And you have. Uh, the fact that you have this great cast in Tiffany Haddish and Elizabeth Moss and Melissa McCarthy, as well as all of that, like huge extended cast. Um, and, and someone that had shown 
some uh, some promise previously as a screenwriter making her directorial debut. I like that it was a woman directing a movie about women and all of that. I, th- I just uh, did not pay off, <laughs> which was disappointing. Um, I really wanted this to be a, a better film. I think mainly for me, the issue was um, the editing, which is not something that I feel like I usually call attention to in my reviews or when I'm I'm watching a film. I, I think even in the critical mindset, um, it's not the first thing that comes to my brain. But if it does, as in this case, it's generally not a great sign. And here I felt like it was just um, scenes either went on too long or they were too short. It felt like there were things we were missing in the basic story and in the development of the characters and it just felt very choppy and and jarring what what was your response walking out and what was the audience response like i saw it with a packed theater that was both like critics as well as people who were just in for seeing a a free movie and it was kind of weird because i think people were expecting something funnier because of melissa mccarthy and tiffany haddish and so they were laughing at things that i don't think were intending to be funny yeah it was not not great, but at least it was a packed house. How was it with a less packed house? Yeah, it was really uh, fascinating. I think people were fairly involved uh, throughout the whole run of the film. Um, a lot of it, though, kind of like what you alluded to, I think people were uncomfortable in certain situations during the movie because they didn't know whether or not to laugh or to be kind of jarred by what they were seeing on screen, especially a lot of stuff that dealt with um, Elizabeth Moss's character, Claire, and Donald Gleason's character, Gabriel. There, there were like some things that people weren't really sure what to do. And in those uncomfortable moments, they just kind of started laughing a little bit to themselves. And yeah, I can, on the more critical standpoints, I completely agree with you. I think we already talked about how we were on the same page. And yeah, I noticed the editing a lot too really kind of made the story feel very lopsided, almost kind of rushed in some ways. And I think that that was to the detriment of the cast and how, like, as you said, we there was such a really great group of actors in this uh, movie. And they were kind of disturbed by the very choppy editing. It felt very jarring to go from scenes between I'm just thinking out loud of one scene that was really, really endearing. And one of the lighter moments between um, Claire and Gabriel uh, about them talking about their future to kind of having this whiplash uh, take into um, the home of Kathy and her husband, Melissa McCarthy and Brian Darcy James, and kind of that very, uh, intense juxtaposition and I think that maybe that was what Burloff might have been going for with some of those whiplash changes um, when it came to the editing but a lot of it just it didn't feel very cohesive and I think a lot of that was to the as I said the detriment of getting to see these characters really kind of grow a little bit more I think that Elizabeth Moss's character Claire had one of the better story arcs and I really was so interested by Tiffany Haddish's character Ruby and where her narrative was going and how it all played out in the end. But I just felt like there wasn't that kind of shock that I was feeling by the end of the movie because everything just felt so kind of jarring and and, uh, and very choppy, like you said, throughout the movie. Yeah, it. I think too, like I've seen several places and was wondering myself that there may have been an issue with the studio Warner Brothers actually like kind of 
resting control in terms of the the editing room and so that may contribute to to why it felt less cohesive and and may also be not entirely the fault of uh andrea burloff and the the editor whose name i'm blanking on right now but like he's a great editor he did uh moneyball and and has really done great work in the past so the question is like where exactly did uh did things go wrong for this and um i think I guess the answer is in a lot of places, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like even like I think a lot of the performances weren't the best from these people that we've seen be great before. I don't have an issue with Melissa McCarthy in particular going for drama. Like I think she's done it um, well in the past, kind of touching so well in the like, past. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you ever forgive me? The more dramatic moments of that were wonderful. Like. I, I don't want to place the blame on her here, but I don't feel like she's particularly good here. Um, mm-hmm. And Tiffany Haddish, I think, was struggling a bit. Um, yeah. And, like, I think part of that is, like, some of her lines could be read as more serious or or as jokes. And so that was, that was the challenge there. I thought what was interesting, though, is that in the source material in that comic book, her character was, was white. So they actually, like changed a bit and added a bit more depth um to the fact that like she was this outsider within the community within her own family um or her her in-laws rather and the element that that added i thought at least like as a concept that was cool but again i don't feel like it was was very well um built out by yeah the people here yeah that was one of the elements that really stuck out to me and i think that yeah, I completely agree that uh, Haddish was, it really seemed like she was struggling at points with kind of delivery of some of those lines. And I definitely think that there is potential for her to harness her more dramatic powers. I think that the kitchen really displays a good foundation for that. I think that she probably could have done with maybe a better um, or more developed script too mm-hmm. that didn't feel some of the lines like you were saying wasn't very clear whether some of them were meant to be delivered as jokes or whether they're meant to be delivered as threats and I think that that really whether it was a lack of direction or a lack of kind of feeling confident in what road to take uh, I think that that probably hindered a lot of the uh, the performance viability that she could have brought to the role and definitely probably wavered the confidence too. But I really think um, that one of the major elements that I was left with was how under um, not underdeveloped so much as not explored enough, that whole idea of Ruby being an outsider within this family, it always kept being alluded to the racial politics of it all. And especially like considering the Irish mob and the, um, the history of how Irish people were treated in Americans in America's own history, and then how African Americans have been treated in, in America's history. It was just very, it was never, it was always like a quasi concept that never was fully fledged out. And it always felt like there was so that it was just kind of nibbling at this idea instead of um, going all in and taking like big bites out of it and making some really um, taking some risks with it. It felt like it was playing it very safe and just alluding to the idea of Ruby being this outsider and then kind of rising to the top instead of just really going in and talking about how 
much more complicated those identities and changing the power structure really were. Yeah, I I agree. And I think it's unfortunate because it's it's a movie that doesn't that isn't afraid to go bold in other ways. Like it's it's pretty violent in places. Um like yeah. it doesn't doesn't have that fear at all, but it and it certainly goes hard on the the feminism. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like it feels like I thought a very like timely movie in that way um but it doesn't touches as much on on the element of of race even as it just kind of like pokes at it throughout the the film and i wanted it to go a little bit harder and and really really dig into that because that could have been a cool element and whether the issue was it wasn't something that was present in the source material so they weren't um, fleshing it out as much for whatever reason in the script, despite making that, that change in the casting. Um, I, yeah, this, this one just like, it was rough throughout and was, I, I thought not a fun experience. Like it was pretty grim. Yeah. For, for much of it. And I think it's such a fun concept. Concept. And, definitely. And I'm not saying that you can't have a, very serious mob movie because there certainly have been, but I think what tends to make films like Casino or or Goodfellas or um, ones of that ilk more interesting to watch is there is a sense of, of fun and fearlessness. And both of those things were, were lost here. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also feel like throughout the film, it was trying to really figure out which uh, path it was choosing to walk on in terms of being a really fun, high octane, um, women running the mob world movie, and also having these elements of kind of intro, like being very earnest about its feminism. It, it felt kind of very much like a feminism 101 mm-hmm. kind of take. And I would have loved a lot more nuance instead of being very earnest and having I think Melissa McCarthy at the end has this monologue where she talks about how she's she used to be so afraid as a woman walking in the streets and now she doesn't have that fear anymore and it felt very on the nose almost with Mm -hmm. the commentary and I would have loved to see something a little bit more nuanced and fleshed out and have some smaller moments that spoke just greater in terms of what the thesis of the uh, film was and what the commentary was that it was trying to convey to its audience. Yeah, I, I think the issue was it was all over the place, both in terms of messaging, in terms of tone. It was just it was. I think the performances felt like they were in different films. Um, I like you said, I really wanted more of the um, and really enjoyed the Elizabeth Moss, Donald Gleason thread um that felt like a different movie so just to give, definitely yeah yeah to give a bit of context for for people who haven't seen the film yet and i don't think we're necessarily recommending seeing the film um but elizabeth moss's character begins the film as a woman who is abused by her husband who's played by jeremy bob who um i i don't think a lot of people know him by name i sadly always have to look up his name but he is great at always kind of playing the like smarmy gross like yeah guy. he was in yeah he was in he was recently in uh russian doll with yeah. natasha leone and he played that very 
smarmy, kind of very vile um, character that she that Natasha Leone's character ends up hooking up with at the start of the series. And then we continue to see just how so gross and just so toxic and manipulative and gaslighting he is. He was also in Netflix's Godless, which I have yet to uh, fully sit down and kind of immerse myself into. But yeah, he has a penchant for kind of getting into those very um, gross guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was on The Nick, which is excellent if people haven't seen it, which I can understand why people haven't seen it. It was on Cinemax and Mm-hmm. Not really. <laughs> yeah, widely, uh, widely uh, accessed uh, platform or, or channel. Um, he was great there. I think he's also the um, the big bad in this this final season of Jessica Jones, which I haven't watched yet. So he's really good here, and he um, so he plays her abusive husband, husband Elizabeth Moss's Elizabeth husband. Ugh, abusive husband in the the movie, and I feel like "ugh" is the the right response to that. But it is definitely. Uh, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah. So he he abuses her, and then he goes off out off to prison. And while he's there, she has this realization that she um, is capable of standing up for herself and capable of inflicting violence um, in the way that she was once the the victim. And so she pairs with. Um, it's really not super clear what her previous relationship with yeah, the Gabriel character Another is. underdeveloped kind of part of the whole film is Gabriel's background. Yeah. And I, not to say that I, I usually find Donald Gleason unattractive, although I think like he certainly like can lean that way depending on who he's playing. I mean, I think his, his role in Star Wars is not meant to like set hearts a flutter but, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but here and i usually am not like into the 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 bad boys but here like i don't know if it was a combination of the hair and his being like so supportive of <laughs> elizabeth moss but i was like donald gleason he's he was he's I, a good one <laughs> yeah every every time he was on screen i was excited and was really just enjoying and i think he was having fun too i think the two of them are absolutely like the best part of this film agreed um, yeah and Elizabeth Moss, I think, is having, I, I want to say a good year, but I mean, I guess like just a great career. But between this and her smell and um, obviously always Handmaid's Tale, she is just such an impressive actress and really gets to, to play a bit here, which is, which is fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that actually just speaking to kind of the more underdeveloped uh, parts of the film and kind of wanting more nuance, I actually felt like we were getting a little bit more from Claire's storyline and having those smaller moments. There's a part where um, in the movie, Gabriel is teaching Kathy and Ruby and Claire how to basically prepare a body to sink it in the river. And both Kathy and Ruby are just so disgusted by the whole idea of it. They can't watch it. And Claire stays there and is very intrigued. And she has this line where she looks at Gabriel and she says, can I do it? And I I just feel like in that just like very small moment, it just speaks so much louder about this huge turning point that she's having. And I also loved watching Elizabeth Moss's face in that little scene and, right next to Tiffany Haddish and Melissa McCarthy and how just disgusted they were by what they were seeing and how composed and calm um, Elizabeth Moss was. It was such a really neat 
uh, moment to see that kind of transition. And it was never really called to, it was just very subtly woven in. Um, and you had to look at it if you were really going to, um, see the effects, but it was very, it was really cool. And I think of the three to see that major transition with Claire, um, having been this victim, a survivor of, domestic abuse and kind of coming into her own and realizing that she too can inflict even more so the kind of violence that her husband was capable of. It was a really fascinating um, narrative of the three to watch unfold. Yeah, I think she absolutely does the most with what she's given. And uh, I just speaks very, very well of, of Elizabeth Moss as an actress. And I think she just continues to be somebody who is always worth watching no matter what she's in especially the the small nuances of her facial performance are always great here they're wonderful and really in the handmaid's tale um she's she's doing it's like a master class in it she is so great i just i always think i'm like oh she was she was you know zoe bartlett on (laughs) the west wing and it's been fun to kind of i think we're of similar ages and it's been fun to kind of grow up with her. Yeah. Just like, I mean, always a big Peggy fan on, on Mad Men and love seeing. And that transition too yeah. for that character oh. was just so, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also speaking of uh, people that we loved watching in the movie, I really enjoyed Margot Martindale in the moments that she had in this movie. I would have loved to see more. I think that her whole little monologue about the Bible at the start of the movie <laughs> was so funny and just so wild. And she she too is someone I think in this movie who is kind of working with as much as she can with what is in the script and kind of taking a little bit more risk with her performance and being that very uh matriarchal figure who's almost like untouchable within this family and i would have loved to see a little bit more of that i don't know how much her character is developed in the source material either but what were your thoughts on character actress margot martindale yeah i mean so for a little bit of background she plays the mother-in-law of ruby played by tiffany haddish and is also kind of the like matriarch within this Irish mob family. And I've seen a lot of people who weren't as, who weren't into her performance here and who are normally big fans of Margot Martindale, um, saying that even she wasn't good here and saying that that's like one of the issues with the film is that these talented people are not great in this film. And I was with you. I thought she was really fun. Like she is like going big here, but in a way mm-hmm. that I felt fit the character very well. Um, and she, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she reminded me a bit, too. I saw a film that she was in earlier this year uh, called Blow the Man Down, which played at Tribeca, which means that it will probably never see the light of day. Uh, but, oh, R.I.P. Um, yeah. Um, and this was kind of a, like, similar, like, women doing crimes film. Um, so it was interesting to see her in those kind of parallel roles but seeing how she handled both of them differently she is just always so good yeah i think that she's just so wickedly talented and i guess i can see where a lot of other critics and pundits are coming from on her performance here i think that just you know going back to this kind of conversation that we've been having i feel like the material and 
the it felt like the script was kind of a first draft almost I felt Uh myself kind of not rolling my eyes but a lot of the lines and phrases felt very almost contrived and cliched to me I was trying to think of how many times I heard Melissa McCarthy say if you have a problem you come to us (laughs) or something along those lines and it felt very repetitive it felt like that kind of feminism 101 on the nose commentary of saying things that were very um kind of already shown and not really uh didn't need to have that validation of being talked about over again yeah it was really it was uh yeah i I just what were your thoughts on the script and how it was developed it was it was definitely a lot of telling and not showing yeah just like everything was said and said so clearly and so bluntly i just i felt like it lacked any sort of art in the in the script which is unfortunate um i again just really thought that this would be more and better there would be some nuance here but there is absolutely nothing here in terms of um subtlety like it is just um just you know what you're getting yeah and i i would expect more from this premise i am curious obviously with um I, I would love to check out the the source material and see how like are the are the lines just like cribbed directly from there, which I understand if what they were going for was kind of like a pulpy thing in the the source material that would make more sense. But here they never fully buy into that as um, what what it's moving toward. And so like if it's going for something a little bit more um, artful. It, it certainly wasn't achieving that. So it, this was, was a real, real disappointment from, from start to finish. I do think it was interesting though, like in terms of usually you have, um, you know, all of these women kind of in the background and these actresses you recognize, but not, might not know their names. And here I thought that it was interesting to see that with the men. Like I think, Dominal Gleason is probably the biggest name of the men, but others of them are... Common might be pretty oh, up there, yeah. too. Yeah. See, that's a bad sign. Like, Common is so... That I forgot that Common was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love Common. So, um, yeah, he's in just a handful of scenes. The way that uh, his character... So he's playing an FBI agent who initially sends the women's husbands to to prison um and the way that his character um i don't even want to say evolves because that gives it too much credit but what there happened- really is no evolution there because we don't yeah. get to see enough of it and then yeah. by the time the we don't want to reveal the kind of quasi twist that they try to pull at the end but both by the time that twist is revealed in the third act it almost feels like a hail mary of trying to pull something together to take a bigger risk for the film but because of how choppy it felt and how kind of out of left field the twist comes it just felt very um the use of common in the movie is just very (laughs) underserved it's very underserved and very frustrating too yeah i kind of feel like too for how little they used him they should have gotten someone that they could have paid less for because i i mean not that i think that common is uh, like asking for huge amounts of money in the the movies that he's playing in, I but he could have been a nobody here, and it wouldn't have mattered to the movie either way. 
Mm -hmm. It almost felt like because it was common, it was like the movie was calling attention to make sure you watch for this character because they are going to have some semblance of importance, even though they're barely in maybe 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. But like, it's just, it's fascinating because you have all these other actors like Bill Camp, who's so great as um, this Italian Mob man, Alfonso Coretti. Um, Bill Camp is also one of those actors that you always see places and may not know his name, but I think <laughs> I am always impressed by him. And um, I, I thought he was actually one of the better parts of this, but it just like, I, I don't know what is what happened here. This is such a disaster. I'm really curious. So we're recording this um, on Sunday morning, right before box office numbers are released for the weekend, um, which for nerds is, is always the exciting <laughs> time. Um, but I can't imagine this will do particularly well. This week, I'm looking at Friday's results and the kitchen was number seven. Um, mm-hmm. And this was a really big week for releases. You had scary stories to tell in the dark door in the lot city of gold, uh, the art of racing in the rain, Brian banks. There were, I think five movies that open wide, which is huge, especially for August. And especially for, you know, you have fast and furious presents Hobbs and Shaw from last week. So it is a crowded field out there, but this opening at number seven, at least as far as Friday was concerned, is not a good start. And looking at cinema score, this was also, I mean, like critics have savaged this. I think it's in like the twenties on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's Um, in the thirties on Metascore too, according to IMDb. Yeah. Not, not great numbers. And it's not, it doesn't appear to be one of those films where, the critics hate it, but audiences love it. It has a B minus cinema score, which is, I mean, like while many people would be happy with a B minus, at least I would have been in math. Um, it's not, <laughs> it's not great for a cinema score. Like most people give films that they're pretty happy with an A, like people are far less right. than critics are in general. So a B minus for this is, is not good and doesn't point to it being something that might rebound from having a ho-hum or bad first week, which um, I don't want to, I don't want to say that like this movie deserves, but <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's try to shift a little bit to some more, the more, some of the more positive aspects. Yes. I really like the costume work in this movie. I thought that was very, I loved watching, seeing how the women continued to grow their jewelry collections yes. <laughs> over, <laughs> over the course of the film. Um, there's a really great scene where Melissa McCarthy is at a bar and you just see all of these rings that she has on her finger. And I was getting like visions of like the kind of archetypal uh mob mobsters uh of yore and how they would always kind of decked out in their fancy rings and everything so that was kind of cool i would have loved to see like a little bit more um not not nuance because i don't want to overuse that word but um a little bit more of a transition with some of their costumes it was really cool to see melissa mccarthy's hair change over the course of the film i loved watching tiffany haddish's character kind of become a little bit more confident in the clothes that she was wearing and in her walk and every like very physically it it, she turned out pretty 
some pretty good stuff. Um, Elizabeth Moss, I was so focused on everything that was happening kind of in- internally with her character that I wasn't really paying attention so much to how she was physically changing and the clothes that she was wearing. Her hair also got a big glow up. I remember in the scene where they first meet the Italian uh, mob boss out in Brooklyn. So what were your some of the some some of your thoughts on kind of the craft and production uh, value of the film? Yeah, I thought that that was actually one of the stronger elements from the costumes looked great. I dug the like gritty streets of New York look of it like it New York in the 70s was not especially in that neighborhood was not a pretty place not a good look yeah now it's like (laughs) needed a glow up exactly (laughs) yeah now for those unfamiliar with New York geography it's uh just west of Times Square and is is a very like safe part that is now very frequented by tourists going to and from the theater and um, yeah, like it's, it's just a very different pre Giuliani um, sort of neighborhood. And it, I liked what they did there with the look. Uh, again, I agree with you on the costumes. The costumes are really cool and wish there could have been maybe a little, a little bit more, more subtlety and evolution there, but mm-hmm. loved watching, um, watching that, that change. And it is like, really fun and like plays with the like silhouettes and the fabrics of the time. And yet still is, um, I think really beautiful. Um, and a lot of the work today, but yeah, the jewelry and the attention to jewelry was, was great. There's a moment where like, I think Tiffany Haddish offers, um, her character offers Melissa McCarthy's character a ring. And she's like, I already have one of those. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) this is, this is real power. Um, but yeah, I, this was one where I, I struggled to find a lot of things that I, I liked outside of the, the craft and outside of the, uh, the Elizabeth Moss and Donald Gleason, uh thread. But I, I just, I wanted more. Yeah, there was also kind of walking backwards a little bit. There was also uh, speaking to the grittiness of how the film looked. I always notice or try to pay attention to in some of these grittier gangster mob organized crime movies how the camera kind of maneuvers these worlds and while the look of hell's kitchen and new york was very gritty i didn't get that same sense through the lens of the camera and i was wondering if you could speak to because uh you're uh, knowledge of uh, some more of those organized crime films, having seen Casino and what have you, might be a little bit more developed than mine is. So what were your thoughts on kind of seeing the grittiness of New York, but not feeling it so much in the way that the camera was capturing it? No, I think that that's a great way of describing it. Like it, it is very much a, I'm trying to think of how to describe the fact that it is so much present in what you're seeing, but not how you're seeing it. <laughs> Um, completely agree that's a great way to put it too which is is another just unfortunate thing that i think like this movie at each point (laughs) could have been something better it's not one of those films where you really feel like from the start this was going to be a disaster um like the concept is cool the cast is cool um but you have all the elements working. Yeah. And in its execution, it just falls uh, so short. And the, um, the DP here is, um, and I hope I don't mispronounce her name, but um, 
Marise Alberti. Um, it's like Mary C. I can't really, but she's been great before. Like she's worked uh, with Todd Haynes on Velvet Goldmine. She did The Wrestler. She's just, which had a great distinctive look the wrestler did. Yeah, she did Creed, which had some amazing work, especially in the ring. But here, I felt like it could have been shot by anyone. There wasn't really anything super distinctive about it. And when you have an era and um, a, a setting that really begged for so much style, and this just didn't have it. Yeah, I was also I was almost kind of wanting a look that was almost akin to like Taxi Driver and how that movie was so grimy and you could almost like feel the mold and the condensation on the wallpaper and feel the uh, the condensation when you were outside and in the cab. Um, But here it just felt very much more like observational and not within that world, if that makes any semblance of sense. No, it makes total sense. I think like there's not a lot of visual texture and it just makes so little sense that within this time when there was so much texture, both within obviously the, the clothing, but also within the city, you just don't get a lot of that here right yeah so i feel like we're kind of wrapping up our conversation on the kitchen now and i think that about sums it up for our critiques of the film so kimber what's your final grade for the kitchen my final grade would be a a c minus which i think is perhaps even a little bit generous that was what i gave to my um my playlist review it is like a c minus d plus um which which makes me sad. I do want to give a quick shout out though. Um, they are very different movies, but if you want to see William uh, women doing crimes in the absence of their criminal husbands, Widows is streaming now. So good. Yeah. So good. On, on HBO, H- right? It's on HBO. It is absolutely worth checking out. I, I think it was one of the overlooked films of last year and really does a great job of balancing um, kind of a, a grimness about what is actually being done and the pain that these women have. In this case, their husbands um, were not uh, sent to prison. They were killed. Um, and so there is, there's real mourning there, which I think is interesting, but there is still a sense of fun and glee in in what they're doing and uh, so that's directed by Steve McQueen and stars Viola Davis and Colin Farrell and all kinds of another stacked cast that's really used to its highest powers in that movie absolutely um so yeah please I mean like I don't want to say don't see the kitchen but if you're deciding between staying home and watching widows or going out and seeing the kitchen stay home and watch widows you will not regret it yeah I definitely want to give a shout out to I think one of our mutual favorite writers uh Candace Frederick who actually brought up uh widows on twitter during this past week talking about how uh, seeing seeing adverts for the kitchen and then going back and thinking about how so underserved Widows was mm-hmm. last year in terms of its recognition and how much critics loved it, but audiences just didn't seem to be pushed enough to go and see the film. Catch up on it now. It's 
just it was one of my favorite movies of last year so totally recommend that but we're still going we're still on the kitchen right now (laughs) and um I completely agree with you Kimber I think that my final grade for the movie I was kind of hopping between a C and C minus which kind of as you alluded to is still pretty generous I feel like it's just very disappointing because I felt like there were so many elements that were so exciting to see here and like you said the final execution just was really disappointing and I really wanted to like more of the movie I really appreciated a lot of the needle drops because I'm a big fan of 70s music that late 70s era going into the 80s um but yeah it was just it was a really tough one I think I'm going to agree with you and also give this one a c minus just so much potential that I feel like just never was seen to fruition but we don't want to forget that we are but two ladies who love to write and talk about movies so you can check out these reviews from other women and very and women of color writers uh stephanie zacharick over at time magazine and donahue at indiewire joy childs at stylecaster karen peterson at award circuit courtney howard at fresh fiction karen Hahn at polygon and ingu kang at slate uh before we head out to run the town kimber where can we find your upcoming and regular work I am always on uh, the LA Times and the playlist seeing seeing all kinds of good and terrible movies. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find my work regularly at the playlist, Polygon, Film School Rejects, Zimbio, and of course, Cinemaholics. All right, from the deep and the gritty bowels of the internet hell's kitchen, this has been Julia and Kimber taking care of business on Cinemaholics. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye.